Aaron, how's the Morales Applyco page? Tweet, what was the tweet of the week? I don't know. Any tweet post uh, walk-off win against the Dodgers was good. You know, tag Jesse Rogers in any of the time the Cubs are having fun because I know he needs to see that. So, you know. I don't, I don't pick favorites. Um, me and my co-creator were a team, so I don't want to pick any favorites. It's whatever keeps the fans interested. Good, that's a good point. It's a team effort. You, Darvish, following the Morale Supply Co. page was big. Congrats to you and... Yeah, I was uh, shopping for a bachelor party when that happened, and I thought my phone was messing up on me. So I didn't... I was shocked to see that. Uh, Miss bad news every day of the week. Johnny, you had that tweet last night. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, so you, Aaron, so you got the notification to your phone that he's now following you, and you're probably like... Uh, it, was, it was on my Apple Watch, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh. well, that's definitely not my personal account. And then <laughs> and then by the time I uh, checked the notifications, we had like seven more people follow us. But yeah, yeah, yeah man, that, he's uh first... Uh, I want to say he's one of the first MLB players to follow us. Ian doesn't even follow us back yet. So, yeah, I'll get on that. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get on that. We got, we got Dakota and we got Zach following us. So, half, yeah. so two-thirds of the compound. But Ian's big league in us. Yeah, I know. I know. We're Trust me. Trust me. There's some. There's still some things. For as far as we've come, there's still some things that we got to work with. we got to teach them. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Aaron. All right. Are we ready to go? We're ready to do it. Thanks for being here, everyone. It's an off day, obviously. It's kind of a weird week with the off day today and then off day Thursday. We've got two against the Indians. It's definitely a lot of talk about considering the 5-1 and one homestand with the Dodgers. Who would have thought we would have swept them? Granted, they were all one-run games, but who's counting? Um, faced a lot of good pitchers, chased. Clayton Kershaw did the did the whole thing, and here we are back at 500, I believe. Clawing back, scratching back. I think we're only three and a half back in the division. Things are looking better. Things are looking up. Uh, a lot to discuss. Pretty much the offense is, has continued to do its thing. I mean, over the last month, they've been solid. There's a ton of guys on the roster. Matt Duffy, who I believe, right? Uh, wait, was he the NL Player of the Week, or was that just the – troll tweet from someone or was he actually the nl player of the week probably oh, wasn't I think uh, he probably wasn't I'm gonna be honest, I haven't on Twitter today, all right he probably you. wasn't then but probably, I, I mean, he I, was the 15 nl rookie of the year yeah. up to chris bryant so people do forget that yeah i got some notification on my phone that i thought that's what it was but i i'm glad i i didn't totally buy into it um yeah but there's a lot of guys doing well. There's a few that, you know, we could pick up. Wilson's been struggling of late. But overall, everything's looking better. Um, I'm excited to see what the team can do. Biggest thing is the starting pitching has to be a whole lot better. I guess you could look at that um, with some glimmer of hope, considering how bad Kyle Hendricks has done, and it's so unlike him over his career. So I guess there is some positivity there that things will eventually turn if you look at the career numbers. So we need Zach Davies to be better. Jake is kind of working his way around things. Trevor Williams, again, this is kind of what we were talking about beforehand. Need better performances from the starting staff. We statistically have the worst starting rotation in the big leagues right now, which doesn't feel great, albeit Morales continues to show 
and he's must watch TV every night. But overall, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to what you all have to say. And uh, it was a great week, and hopefully we can continue that on this week. All right, everyone, start raising your hands for for questions and and things you want to pitch in. Uh, before we start, people bring, start bringing people up. Fred, I feel like it needs to be said how. I mean, each week goes by, it feels like there's a lot of time between, but the coffee's in the clubhouse now. I'm seeing pitchers taking pictures of the coffee before they get in the field. I mean, people are trying to get – the starting pitchers trying to get into it, trying to get the same mojo as the offense. How are you feeling? I, I mean, it goes to show that the best pitcher on the team is uh, Advert Morales-Ale, and he drinks the morale blend every day. Again, that's all I'm saying. Um, you just look at the numbers, you look at how the offense has been doing, you look at Morales-Lay. People have to start – oh, Justin Steele, same deal, man. He, I think he had 14 Ks in his last spot innings. He's been awesome. So it's great to see. And, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. This is kind of what you and I were talking about leading up to this. We knew this was going to be big. Uh, we knew there was going to be a lot of involvement. Involvement that's been – uh, second to none on all the other things we've ever done. So it's exciting, and it's only going to continue to grow, especially once Ian's playing again and gets back on the field and starts hitting tanks uh, and gets the dinger dollars going. It's going to be awesome. So, yeah, it's a, a humbling experience, but it's something that I'm not surprised about because it's the morale blend is straight-up morale. There's, there's nothing else. There's something in it, and it's straight-up morale. That's all it is. So – uh, yeah, it's exciting, and uh, if you haven't tried it, go out, uh, check out connectgrocers.com, and uh, each bag is, uh, helps support First T- Greater First Tee Chicago in their location on the north side, uh, just east of uh, Lincoln Park, I believe. I think it's important to mention, too, this this isn't just a coffee shit. This is real coffee. It's good coffee. People are... yeah. It's getting the Cubs going, but it's also really good coffee. I haven't bought it yet. I don't know what you're doing. Fred, there's also some developing stuff I need to email you about that I got to your email that you never check. Uh, someone oh, yeah, I don't check that. I no, no, I don't have the password for it because you locked me out of it. That's why I can't check it. Anyway. But you can check. Anyways, you know all your first stuff. What's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Cubs in four. Uh, what's up, Noah? Um, so – my question is, uh, there seems to be right now two main uh, factions of Cubs fans, I guess you could say. You know, there's uh, there's guys like us in this clubhouse. Uh, you know, we're never leaving. Uh, the, you know, we're, we're feeling good about the Cubs this season. Morale is high. But then there's that other subsection of fans that just seems to just never believe in the Cubs at all. Is there anything that we can do as fans? And maybe more importantly, what can the team do? Uh, These guys kind of back on board uh, with the organization or with the team. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I've thought about it a lot. I don't know if we ever will get everyone on the same page. I do think it's important to realize that, I mean, there are a lot of diehard Cubs fans out there that, spend a lot of money, put a lot of time into the team. And I can sometimes justify their arguments in, like, for instance, when you trade away bad news. And I mean, can you imagine if bad news was on the team right now? Talking about one of the better offenses in baseball. You, you 
have a legit starting pitcher. I'd say the Cubs are probably three wins. Uh, they have three more wins if bad news is on the team right now, which is pretty substantial. You're talking about a team that could be in first place. So I understand the gripes that people have. I think the difference is, though, that while you or many people here, myself, like we can be realistic about the team, it's also like seeing the little things, seeing the positivity, like experiencing everything that goes on in terms of being a Cubs fan or going to the federal landmark, the whole deal. Uh, so I think there are a lot of people that just one off will write the team uh, and say they're terrible if they don't re-sign bad news or if they don't do this or don't do that. And they're like, I hate this team. This team's not going anywhere. And they're just, I mean, more or less negative people, which is kind of stinks, but Overall, that's the unfortunate part about all this. And hopefully as things move on, I think, you know, you start to get a few more people that join, a few more people that understand what we're trying to get at. And uh, hopefully you have less will bonds within the community. But I think there's also there's always going to be a place where people are going to be pessimistic and negative, And that's just something that we're just going to have to deal with on Twitter or and on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I feel like there's you know, there's a portion of every, uh, you know, any sports franchise is going to have fans like that. It just, I don't know, maybe it's just um, how much Cubs content I do take in on like a Twitter or other social media, that it just seems even more pervasive in Chicago than it does in other places. Yeah, I think, no, it's, it's a good point. I mean, there's also like a lovable loser thing that people like the Cubs won one time and they weren't able to do it after. 2016 and I, I bet there's probably people that still think the team's cursed this is how it's always going to be I mean it's again it's that type of mindset um I don't know why it really stems other than that but hopefully as I said before people can start to you know embrace what's and just watching the games and get away from your regular life and laugh and joke and enjoy baseball because again this is entertainment and that's why people come to watch yeah, I really appreciate you taking my question. Uh, Cubs and four, God bless you and Emily, all that, all that good Thanks, stuff. Thanks, Noah. I appreciate it. I don't care where we play. Thank you. I would just add to that point. I think we see a lot of pessimistic people because a lot of these fans joined in 2015 uh, when the yeah. Cubs started winning. And I don't think they know what it's like to watch the team win 60 games in a year. And they just expect the Cubs to go 25 and 6 over the first 30. That's what we're seeing Cubs Twitter right now. Aaron, and to your point as well, I think there are a lot of fans that are – wait, and then there are a lot of fans that just don't understand baseball and don't look at the, you know, history books. I mean, who's been the last team that has uh, gone back-to-back in terms of World Series? Who's the last team that's gone, like, uh, two – who has won two championships over a five-year span? It doesn't happen. It, this is the modern game. I mean, the Dodgers are, like, the – gold standard organization and right now they're 19 and 18 or 18 and 17 one game above 500 they just signed trevor bauer they have literally all the talent in the world and they're one game above 500 and they won their first world series in a 60 game season that goes to show how hard it is i'm not making excuses for the cubs but it's just the reality of the situation and I, yeah, you're right. I think a lot of the people on Twitter, Wilbon being the leader of them, yeah. just expects them to win 162 games, and that's just not possible. 
Yeah. I think the fans that were there pre-2015 can appreciate when that young player comes up and starts having his moment. I think we can all remember how excited we were when Starlin Castro, you know, zero yep. hitters, was the yep. first to come up. And then we thought Junior Lake was going to be someone. But I think, I think that's the main issue. Okay? There's a lot of new fans that just don't, don't know how hard baseball is. And they just expect everything with analytics to be right on time. Absolutely. Perfectly put, Aaron. Thank you. Awesome. Tom, you're next up. <clears throat> and Fred, I just <clears> – sorry, I coughed. Next. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Uh, happy Monday. Cubs in four. All that same stuff. How are we? What's up, Tom? How are you? Good, thank you. Um, I've got a bit of a two-parter for you, Dom and Adam. Um, how do you think the last week has moved the needle for all the trade talks for Chris and Harvey and Wilson? And do you think we can get any starting pitching ahead of the deadline? Or what do you think happens there? I think that's a great question. I think if anything, to go off your second part, I think if anything, I believe there will probably be changes to the rotation that will happen internally, whether it be Keegan Thompson starts getting more starts or a few other guys start to come up, uh, Corey Abbott from AAA. I can see that kind of being the trend. I don't see the Cubs necessarily buying. hate to say that, but when you have so much uncertainty in terms of who's on the team, uh, they're going to have to make decisions there first before they want to bring on new players. I don't, it doesn't mean the Cubs don't want to win. I just think they have things that they have to figure out on our own. Like is Chris Bryant being on the team and going to that point? I listen, I've been saying it for so long. I think this whole situation with Chris could have been handled better by both sides. I don't think it was just a, well, the Cubs didn't want to pay him. The Cubs have been putting him on a stick and, you know, acting like meat or whatever meat for uh, you know the bears to go hunt uh, like he's this trade bait. But I don't think that's necessarily what it is entirely. I think Chris has really he's been cold at times, and that's kind of turned people off. And the whole thing. like I understand that both sides more or less put us in this situation where we literally don't know if Chris Bryant's going to be on the team, and Chris has every right to, you know, want to test free agency. I stand by this, though, that Chris Bryant, if you're going to extend ever anyone, Chris Bryant's the guy. He's the most versatile. He can do all this stuff. He's an MVP candidate. He's literally playing center field, the whole deal. So I hope something can get worked out. I hope Jed can see that, especially when you're looking at how a few of the other players are trending, um, not to doubt him or knock him at all, but Willie's struggling. Javi, you know he's inconsistent. Rizzo, he's playing pretty well. I, I don't think he's playing up to where he wants to be or where he thinks he should be. Chris Bryant's been that guy. He's been the best player for seven years on this team. Um, so hopefully the Cubs see that and say, if we're going to start our team around anyone, it's Chris Bryant, even if it's at three years old, whatever it may be. He's doing it, and he's doing it really well. Um, so I, I think it really comes down to where this team is at the end of May. Uh, middle of June, figuring out, you know, are we going to go for it? Are we going to hang around? I mean, who knows if extensions are happening? I should look more into that myself. I doubt extension talks are happening right now. Um, but, there, again, there's going to be tough decisions, and it goes back to what I said in the winter. It goes back to what I said in spring training. When you don't sign anyone or you don't or, or you give Rizzo a low ball offer, you just open Pandora's box, and we're dealing with that right now. And hopefully – 
there's a good ending to all this, but right now it's really hard to tell. Beautiful. Thanks for that. Um, I saw a bit of noise about the White Sox and a few other teams in the uh, NL, so I got me a bit scared. Say it again, Tom. I don't think I heard you. <laughs> I saw a bit of noise about the White Sox. Oh, oh. I mean, the, I mean, the White Sox good team. I mean, I listen. I know people think I hate the White Sox. I don't. They have a good team. They have a really good starting pitching staff. They're able to piece it together right right now with no Eloy or Robert. Good for them. I, I have nothing bad against them. The only thing I've said about them in the past is that they couldn't sell their stadium in the third largest market in America. But regardless, they have a great team, and they're going to be really good. And we'll see if uh, Tony La Russa doesn't fall asleep at the wheel again uh, with one of the best teams in, uh, in Major League Baseball. But we'll see. Thanks again, Tom. I appreciate it. Beauty, thank you. Tom, were you saying you heard noise about KB going to the White Sox? Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's my I, – I misunderstood with what you said. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, after after the Quintana deal, I don't think they're going to do it again. Unless they give up Luis Robert, which I, they're not going to give up. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I think. Beautiful. Thank you. You got it. Thanks, Tom. Back to Noah's point about different Cubs fans. I, I want to make it clear we want those other types of fans in clubhouse. Too. We want a little bit yeah. back and forth and, and hearing from those sides of it. I don't Listen, know if they want I, to enter the echo chamber, but I exactly I want I mean this is why I want to do this and talk to people is because everyone has the perception that oh it's just I'm always Cubs and four, I'm always this, I'm always that. Yeah, sure I tweet that often. But for people that actually want to have a conversation, hear my honest thoughts, like come in, join the clubhouse and shut it out. I'll I'll discuss anyone about it. And I think for the people that do listen are on a routine basis, know my thoughts and my in-depth thoughts on the team. I think they have a better understanding of what I'm getting at and probably a better appreciation about the whole thing. So, yeah, if you have people that hate me or want to talk about the Cubs or a bunch of Will Bonds and want to say this team's terrible, by all means, send them in here, and I'm more than happy to discuss. Press, you're next up. What's going on? What's going on, fellas? Uh... What's up, Press? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, bless you guys and your families. Absolutely. To hear voices again. Thank you. Um, I'm going to actually, you know, I, I sort of had another question lined up that maybe it wasn't, you know, maybe it was a softball. But I'm going to, you know, inspired by what I'm just asked. I'm going to ask I'm a follow-up about Bryant here. Um, I feel like there was a good amount made in the media about the service time manipulation dispute. Yeah. Um, and... And I think over the years, and I think I've really kind of grown into this position where, like, people who, who talk online, analysts, uh, not just online, but I mean sports guys and everything, like, they're always well-intentioned. They're there to help inform as well as entertain. But so often do they not know, like, any of the inner of, you know, the mind of a ball player or, yeah. or the, you know, the internal structure of a team. And that's actually something that is kind of, um, made me excited to follow you, Dom, in that, like, you you actually do have some of the insights into some of the players' minds and into the organization. Um, kind of adds to your mystique, but it gives us real value as listeners. Thank you. So, I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. So my question for you is, um, kind of knowing that, like, when we say Bryant's been cold and 
uh, and everything. Like, I've never really gotten the feeling that he's been cold. I mean, yeah, he doesn't exactly like embrace fans the way, say, an Ian Happ does or an Azalai. But yeah. it's like it's like he he's been pretty forthcoming about like enjoying the city and the fans, and he's he's always like done appearances in Chicago that have made you feel like he's like an awesome dude. So, so my question is, how much do we know about his attitude, if if any? Like, is there any lingering grievance over the service time thing? Is he ready for payday? I imagine, he, and he would deserve it if he was. Or does he? Do we know if he has a genuine desire to stick around in Chicago? You know, and I I think it's a great point, and I I'll I'll go on record saying even if he does get in trouble, even if people do get mad at me for saying it. I just think with Chris, it's always kind of this is always his like vacation spot, right? Like, I'm going to come here, I'm going to do my job, and then in seven years, we're going to do appearances that are going on. Like, how are they handling the, the other media members? I'm not saying I'm not a fan of Chris. I think he's awesome. I think he's a great person. I think he has a great family. But it, it seemed like for Chris, if he was going to engage, it was going to be for his own. Uh, how would I put it? Monetary value. Like if it's if he's going to do something, well, it's going to be the Red Bull thing. Or if he's going to do something, it's going to be the uh, uh, Minute Clinic place he's doing. And then if yeah. not, then then he's kind of out. And then it's like, all right, whatever. I'll see you back in April, and we'll play our games. And then I'm going to bounce. And it, see what I'm saying? It's not like he totally ingratiated himself with the community. And again. He has every right to do whatever he wants. He has every right to, like, tweet however he wants, interact with the fans, saying that he does not. I'm just saying, as a fan, someone who pays attention to it, you can see how other players react. And then when you couple that with the service time, with Scott Boris, with, like, being very blatant about the front office, not giving them a certain contract or this or that, like, that's the fact that he went out in public during a press conference and pretty much just aired the dirty laundry about how the negotiations have went. It kind of shows the rift that's always been there. And that's pretty much what I'm pointing out. So when he does engage, it's just like, all right, well, that whole thing, and this is the amount of time they have, and then I'm out. And that, that that's kind of what I'm going at. If people disagree, if people think I'm going too hard at them, I'm more than happy to discuss. But I, I've talked about it with, with other players, people that are in the know, and it's just kind of the, the old theme to what his time has been with the Cubs. And, again, he has every right to act that way. I'm not saying he doesn't. Um, but there is, in my opinion, a difference with, with with how he's handled himself compared to other players. That's all. I, I think that's pretty fair, actually. Uh, and I don't hold any of that against him. Like, like you yeah. say, he's got this prerogative, you know, to, to do it. Absolutely. Um, you know what? What gives me some hope, and then I'll, I'll pass the baton off here, is that, like, I feel like everything—not everything you just said. I mean, that was all very specific to Chris Bryant, but it's like I hear shadows of like, or echoes of Jake Arrieta in the off season of seventeen and eighteen, when it was like, you know, he enjoyed Chicago. He had a lot of great memories here. He even made some comment back then. I remember him saying something like, "You know, I've never felt more attached to the city than I do now." Um, yeah. But it didn't stop him from going off. Um, same time, like, we also got a glimpse into his true feelings when he came back, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And, and so I don't think it means, you know, for all the KB 
uh, you know, I don't want to call them haters, but for all the, the KB folks out there who, who maybe like hold it against him that he doesn't embrace things more. It's like that doesn't necessarily in my mind show that he's anti anything or against organization or not in love with fans or whatever. I just think everybody's different. But it's great to hear um, your take. And, and it re- reinforces the fact that I feel like I'm going to be a Chris Bryant fan no matter where he goes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I second that point. I just think when it comes, and again, this isn't for every Boris client, but when you, you know, when you sign with Scott Boris and then you say the things you say and you kind of act the way you act, you have every right to do so. But your your action is going to have a reaction for all the other people that are experiencing it. And all the other people that, you know, watch him play, like, people are going to have opinions about it. I think that's where it stems from. Sometimes unfair. Sometimes I would say pretty um, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but overall, absolutely. I'm going to be a Chris Bryant fan for life. If you just look at the nuts and bolts of it, he's been an awesome member of the team. He's done nothing wrong. He's a stand-up guy, honest guy, just wants to go out, play his position, do his thing, hit home runs, and uh, you know, be with his family. And I think we can all respect that. Yeah. Cool. Thanks so much, man. Always you got it, Press. Insight. Have a great week, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Press, I'll, I said it before. I'll say it again. Award-winning questioner. Looks like the recording got out here for a second, but we had a question from Adam Kress asking Fred how he felt about the new rules, uh, changes in MLB, and specifically about starting runners on second for extra innings. Starting on second, I understand. But I think that, listen, baseball has to move things along. Like, I I love the game too, but, like, the traditional, like, you know, 1940, even later than that, I mean, 1800s way of looking at this game, it's a different game. It's got to be a different sport. We have a different audience. Everyone's watching it through a different medium. It has to pick up. So I don't have a problem with it. Um, now, I'm also someone who's, like, open to a lot of changes in the game. But I personally had more fun watching it from my own experience, watching extra innings. I, I like to see what happens. And, um, again, if people want to disagree with me on it or talk about it, I'm more than happy to discuss. But for me – I've enjoyed it, and I think it adds a, a new element to the game that we've been missing for a while. Yeah, I'm I'm with you completely. I feel like you're just you're right in it, and there is action. And like you said, if you if you can't get a hit and drive in the run, then you know it's 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 a problem, yeah. and you should have to defend that run in the bottom half of the inning. But yeah. second part of the question: what's what's another potential rule change that's been thrown out there that you'd like to see? Shifting for sure. I think the shift. I think guys should be should have at least on the infield. I think guys should have to stay in their position. Um, that traditionally, and I know we're talking about traditional versus non-traditional. Traditionally, they have been uh, designated for. I because it affects the lefties so much. I mean, can you imagine Kyle Schwarber hitting without the shift for his career? I mean, he's a totally different player. And I think that's something when we're talking about offense being at an all-time low. When we're talking about batting averages being at an all-time low, strikeouts being up. When the ball's put in play, we have to reward that because it's so hard to do it. These pitchers are incredible. They're throwing so hard. There's so much spin. They're using foreign substances. The whole deal, it's impossible to hit. And we have to reward with the ball being put in play as well for the fact we should also reward the defenders who have the range, like Francisco Lindor or Javi Baez, to go up the middle in a six-hole make a Jeter-type throw. I mean, 
that's the fun type of stuff that everyone comes and watches baseball for. I feel like the ship, it becomes too antiquated, too calculated, and overall you're just seeing kind of a efficient product that's not very exciting to watch. Um, so that's kind of my point. I think the shift's the next thing, and hopefully that can happen soon. Again, if someone disagrees, I'm more than happy to talk about it. Yeah, that, that's a tough one for me. I have mixed feelings on the shift okay. because part of me thinks, like, if you're the batter up there, you, you got to go oppo. You got to find a way to beat it until they I quit shifting you. on you. I, and I hear you, but I would make the argument that these guys got to the big leagues for a reason. And let's think about anything that we do, right? Like, these guys are 20, 28, 30, 31 years old. Think about all the stuff we do in our lives. Imagine you're saying, hey, Adam or someone else, what you do for a living, you got to change it all around. Your bread and butter or what's gotten you the money that's gotten you the life that you've been at. You have to change it all around because the rules have changed. I can imagine it would be challenging for many individuals on our daily life. Now, we're not even talking about trying to hit 98 on the when, there's, when they have a slider that's going to break 15 feet. It's pretty hard to do, and that's why we see it. It's, it's so hard to happen and, and why shifts because guys got to the big leagues and got to this point because of their bread and butter, because of their strengths. It's just super hard to change considering all the difficulties that come about when you're hitting a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah, it, it, it's it's tough. I mean, some, something needs to change, but where it gets sticky is where you're trying to legislate what are. You can't cross here. You can't move this far over. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But Something's then, got to give, you, though. Something's got to give. Yeah, you wonder, too. You talk about, like, you know, imagine uh, Kerry Wood pitching when he had when if if they were shifting back then how much even better he would have been oh my god yeah absolutely and and i think i mean we should just understand it's a different game like i yeah. know the historical records are like incredible and it's second in terms of the other sport like how we can keep these records but like it's a new game like hitting is impossible and it's not the 1970s where it's just like hey get it over the plate you know let's have them ground out to second base and then we'll get out of the inning it's like Totally different, uh, the training, the athletes, everything. And I think we should really look at this time as like a totally new era of baseball, like we talk about with like the live era, the live ball era, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Adam. Fred, I know you had a hard cutoff time, right? You got time uh, for yeah, a couple one more? more? Uh, like one more question. All right. Actually, no, let's go to the Olive Garden. Let's go to the Olive Garden. Wait, wait, wait. We got, we got Chris's last one in here. All right. Let me go. All right. All right Chris, gotta- what's up? How's it going? I got a quick one. Um, What's up, Chris? How's it going, Don? Big fan. Um, you got it. I was wondering from a morale perspective what you thought about the news of David Ross dating the Chicago Med actress. Yeah, you know, I have thought about it. I've tried not to get into it too much because it's really not my business, and I don't know, and I haven't really looked at, like, what his status was in terms of his personal life. I didn't know, like, I thought he was married, but I wasn't really sure and i don't know it's just, it's a it's a tough spot i hope he, i i just hope it was all 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 fine and dandy and no one's uh butthurt about things or there's no nothing wrong i'm not saying there is i just haven't looked at it enough and if people are happy on both sides everyone's involved uh then that's all i'm gonna say it's not my business and i hope it was uh all kosher if you will 
I agree. I, I thought he was married too, so I saw the news and I was pretty confused. But yeah, I, I was, was just wondering yeah. your take. <laughs> yeah, I just I I don't know. Maybe I can get some more information, but at the same time, it's not really my business. And maybe if he comes out and says something on his own, then maybe I'll say something about it. But I don't know. We'll see. All right. Thank you. Enjoy the Olive Garden. Thanks, Chris. So I appreciate it. I wasn't it. the only one. I, I did Google as well when I saw that. I think it's always divorced early 2020. Okay. Early last All year. Right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I had no idea. Dom's dating advice. Maybe it's the next next segment we could do. But yeah, right. we'll actually go a date. We'll go to a date with Dom. Who are you taking to Olive Garden this week? I'm taking Keegan Thompson. Kind of what I was talking about before, considering how I mean we need the starting rotation to pick up. We can't have the worst starting rotation expect big things or any, you know, any type of competition in the NL Central. If we have the worst starting staff. So having a guy like Keegan Thompson, I think there's going to be more opportunities for these younger arms. We start to see guys like Justin Steele, Rousele, other guys in the bullpen that have pitched really well. Um, again, I've been talking about it before with Tommy Hadaby kind of creating this new pitching infrastructure with Craig Breslow in the pitch lab. Like, a lot of credit goes to them, and I think there's going to be a lot of players, a lot of long, young arms that are going to have opportunities. And Keegan Thompson, without him, I mean, I think he's, what, thrown 11 scoreless innings or one run, something like that. And I mean, they're huge ball games. So credit to him, um, taking them to Olive Garden, Auburn, SEC. I've been to Auburn. I've seen, I've watched a couple baseball games at uh, Auburn Stadium. It's a very nice place, and good for him. Hopefully we can see more performances from him and other young arms to, again, as I've been saying, start this new core up in terms of 2022, 23, and 24. But right now, hopefully we get these last, uh, these next two wins against the Indians. And I think we play the uh, Tigers. We get on a nice little roll. So we'll see. I'm very appreciative for everyone being here, asking those great questions. Uh, share uh, with your friends, people that don't like me, people that don't like the Cubs or whatever. I'm more than happy to talk with everyone. And I appreciate your time. It's pretty much all I have. Cubs in four. God bless you and your families. Thank, Thank you, Noah. Adam, Chris, Nick, Sam, Kobe, Kyle, Jordan, Jared, Jeffrey, Jake. God bless you and your family. God bless you and your family. Cubs in four. See you all later.